Jesus and thank you Jesus. Amen. If you have your Bible this morning I'd like to turn your attention to the second book of Thessalonians. Amen. So happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. God's going to do great things. Amen. Amen. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And we want to look at verse number 10. Amen. And it reads, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. There is a love that we need to develop in our spirit this morning. It's not just a goosebump that you feel on your neck or your arms. 
It's not, it's not just excitement that we're dealing with. It's a love. Because the, the Bible speaks a lot about love. and It shows us it's the only way that we're going to be able to serve God. It says we're to love Him with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. Meaning all that we have. Everything that we naturally possess in this, this vessel that God has given us, we are to love Him with it. All of it. Love Him with it. Because He knows by doing that, we're going to be able to make it. Amen. Anything short of that, we're not going to make it. We're going to fall into, uh, as the Scripture said, a strong delusion. We're going to begin to believe a lie into thinking what we think is okay. And it's not okay. <laughs> Amen. This morning, the Bible talks about a man by the name of Joseph in the Old Testament. And Joseph, the Bible said, was loved by his father. The Bible says that his father loved him more than all the rest of his sons. And his, his brothers knew that, and they didn't really care for that too much. One day, his dad had given him a coat. The Bible says the coat of many colors. And his brothers got a little bit more upset about things because he, was, he saw that he was favored, and they did not like that. And then, on top of that, he came to them one day and he said, hey, i got to tell you this dream I had last night. <laughs> this dream I had, you guys were all coming bowing down before me, and, and, and you were paying respect to me. <laughs> and they didn't like that at all. <laughs> that, 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 you know, you don't want to be telling somebody that don't already like you that they're going to be bowing down to you. That's not a good idea. You're not going to make friends that way. And so then he had another dream as well. And the same thing, it came, his whole family was coming and bowing down and paying respect to him. And then again, they got upset again, saying, what is the deal? Okay, but, but Joseph, he knew that God was giving him this vision. It didn't matter to him. He was just telling people about what God was showing him. He was excited about what was coming in his future. And so one day, his father told him, he said, you go out and check on your brothers and and they're out feeding the flock. You go see what they're doing. You come back and tell me how things are. And here his brother saw him coming. And they said, oh, here comes that dreamer. And they saw him from a distance coming. And he goes, well, you know what? Let's just get rid of him. Let's just do away with him. You know, he's favored anyways. We don't want any part of anyways. And so they began to get a scheme going. And Reuben set up. And he said, no, let's not kill him. Let's just put him in a pit. So they came. They put him in a pit. And he thought that he'd go back and get him later on and rescue him. And then come to find out, here comes some Ishmaelites, I believe. And, and uh, he said, why don't we just not kill him? He said, why don't we sell him? Get rid of him that way. That way his blood's not upon our hands. And so he, they sold him off into slavery. So he comes in, comes into Potiphar's house. And then people, Potiphar's wife begins to lie on him. He gets thrown in jail. And so then in jail, he begins to interpret more dreams. He gets raised up to be in Pharaoh's command of everything that Pharaoh had. And so God had a plan for his life. And every step of the way, God placed somebody there. He placed Reuben one time. Then even though he got sold into slavery, got thrown in, got lied on, he placed the butler and the baker there. He went and told Pharaoh, hey, I know somebody that can interpret your dream here. And so each place though it seemed really bad and though it didn't look very good for him he never number one lost his dream he never lost his vision and his love that he had for what God had shown him and he was determined there was times in there he could have stopped he could have after the second dream he had he said I am not telling my brothers about that I mean what I mean they're going to already want to kill me anyways and I go tell them again 
You know, he could have stopped and he could have just went and sunk down and did whatever. But you see, he had, there's more important thing here is that this dream was not only about him, but is also about his family. If he had stopped and he had not done what he needed to do, then his family would have died also during the famine. And so see, you have to understand that there's more riding on your relationship this morning in this just little old you here that's here. But that you're being a witness, you're being an example, you're leading the light which God has placed for you to be. Amen. And so in going through life as we go through it, there are the times where we feel betrayed, there are other times that we feel that nobody is on our side, everybody's against us, and that may be true. Somebody may be in them same kind of situations, but it doesn't matter what everybody else is thinking. You know in your heart what God's done. You know in your heart what you're supposed to be doing. And so that's why you keep going in the direction God has called you and, and keep dreaming about heaven as God has shown it to you and understanding that you've got a promise that is waiting for you if you just keep doing what God has shown you. Amen. You keep going after that vision God's shown you. You keep developing that love within your heart to worship God and serve Him. And stop worrying about what who says. He didn't listen to his brothers. <laughs> but at, at the end, what happened? Everybody, it all came in just like he has seen it and just like God had planned for it to be. And everything worked out accordingly. And in our life, everything will work out accordingly if we just stay in order that God has for it to be in. We can't keep jumping out and saying, oh, I think I'm ready for this, and I think I'm ready for that. No, no. You stay right where God's placed you. You keep doing right what God's given you to do, and you do it with all of your heart, with everything that you have, with a smile on your face, with joy in your step, and you keep doing it. He didn't stop along the way and pout because, oh, man, again? They're lying on me again? He didn't do that. He kept saying, okay, if this is what God has for me today, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm still going to keep my mind on what he's shown me. I'm still going to keep my heart on my purpose at hand here. And I'm not going to get an attitude about it. And I'm not going to get sad about it. I'm not going to get upset about it because I know what I have. I know what I'm working for here. And so it doesn't matter what today brings me because I know what tomorrow holds. We need to look at these examples the Scripture gives us and help them that they will, I mean, let them help us in building our faith and building our relationship with God, that we don't get pushed off by every little thing that comes along. Sometimes, I use this as an example. We, uh, my wife and I, when we got married, I was a much smaller man by, per se, 50 or so pounds and and I you know I want to be that man for her again someday <laughs> looking down the road <laughs> maybe if God has his will for that to happen <laughs> but I make out on a course and say I'm going to do good I'm not going to I'm not going to fall into the trap of things that I don't need to eat and be around those kind of things and so I make a bow to my wife honey I'm going to do it 
I'm going to eat right. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to lose all this extra that I have gained since we've been married. And she, of course, encourages and, and whatever. But about two or three days into it, as we're walking down the grocery aisle, the, the M&Ms pop out at me and, and, and the Oreos pop out at me. And it's just like, wow, you're, you're just, you know, you're engulfed by all the goodness of the sweetness of the earth. <laughs> And, and I've got to, my, she's there nudging and pulling it and putting it back on the shelf saying, no, no, no. They're like a little kid. No, no, you can't have that. And, and so she said now that I'm enrolled in fat camp. And it's a little thing that she has developed for me to be a part of. And so it is to slim me down to where I need to be. It's difficult. Very, very difficult. <laughs> At times, it can be very trying. Because you want something, you crave something, and it's all around you, but you can't have it. Well, you can, but there are things that come along with it that you don't want. Okay, and that's a very natural way of looking at the, what we do in this life. When we go out of, these building, out of this building, we are engulfed by so many different influences that are just trying to get our attention and trying to pull us into this and pull us into that and try to get us to spend our time and our money and our energy in those things. And they don't pay us any good at all. Even worse than the fact that you gain from the M&Ms. Because this one is eternal. Okay, these things affect you eternally, and they're going to pull you away from God and where God has wants you to be at. And so we need to understand that this scripture and the leadership that God has given us is the ones that's pulling, saying, "No, no, 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 stop! No, 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 no! You don't want that. You don't want to go there. You don't want to be a part of that." And when the word goes forth, you need to listen to what it's saying. And don't question it and say, well, I don't think that matters. It does matter. You have to look down the road a little bit to see what's going to happen when you keep that kind of company and what's going to happen when you keep going to those kind of places and you keep looking like that and you keep talking like that and you keep watching that. You have to understand that down the road, it's going to affect your soul eternally. And that's when the Word of God goes forth and says, stop. And that's when you start saying, mm, you know, mm, start making faces and noises and grumbles and things under your breath that you think nobody hears. God hears that. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to say, yes, Lord. Yes, I, I want that. Cleave to the goodness of God. Cleave to the Word of God that convicts your soul and tells you to stop and don't fight against it and don't push your way through it to get what you want. Amen. You've got to understand there comes a point in your life that you've got to grow up and realize, you know, if you want to be something in a natural aspect, you can work hard enough and you can be that. There are people that come out of horrible situations and they come and they make up, you know, they make their life, they push through and say, I don't want to be that when I grow up. I don't want any part of that. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to have this and that. And they do it. And they, 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 they succeed in life. But it doesn't do them any good, I mean, spiritually speaking. But they, all it is is they make their mind up, I'm going to do this. And you know, in your life, you can be whatever you want to be. If you want to be a sinner and you want to be trapped by the devil and you want to have you know, pleasure in unrighteousness, you can do that. It's easy to do that. You just go out and do whatever you want to do. And nobody's going to tell you anything. Nobody's going to tell you no. And you're just going to be free to do whatever. Yeah, that sounds great, right? Wonderful. 
Yeah. And we read about what happens to those people, right? We see what happens, the end result of living a life like that. And so you've got to understand when you want to go to heaven, and you see the goodness that there is there, then you're going to be able to make it. Because when it comes time to, to get rid of something that you don't want to get rid of, you're going to be able to do it because you're going to say, I want to go to heaven. So I'm willing to sacrifice whatever it takes to get there. And if not, then it turns into, yeah, I'll do it. But then, you know, the whole time you're saying, man, I should have done that. Man, why? You know, you're always questioning. You're always, ah. And then the word comes forth and you're cringing because you don't want to do that. You don't want to show up for this. You don't want to show up for that. And Oh, prayer is such a sacrifice to make it to. And, you, you know, you go, but you're not really there and you don't want to be there. Hey, that's not the way that works. <laughs> that's not the way that's supposed to be. You, you have to keep recollecting. You keep looking back and realizing what's going on. Keep remembering he died for our sins. Keep remembering He washed our sins away when we're baptized in His name. And that He's promising us the gift of the Holy Ghost. Keep recalling this to your memory. What it was like being trapped in sin. What it was like not having any peace or joy in your life. Because that's all that's waiting for us when we don't serve Him. is misery. That's it. Misery here and misery after we die. And so that's why we have to make the decision. Now! I'm going to make it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take care of myself spiritually. I'm going to take care of myself naturally. I'm going to upkeep things in the proper place and order. I'm going to put everything in the, in the way that it needs to be. And I'm not going to neglect things. Sometimes there's a tendency to neglect things, especially when it's something that's not really important to you. You ever rented a car before? You don't really care about that rental car. You pay that little $20 extra and you get the insurance if it comes back scratched or dented or whatever. You know, hey, not my problem, not my car. I'm not saying to go out and do this, but I'm saying that's the tendency that people have. They, they, they don't care if they spill a little coffee on the floor. They don't care if they leave trash under the seat or whatever because it's not theirs. They you know, drive it, trash it, take it back, and walk away from it. They don't really care because it doesn't mean anything to them. But when you have to understand that when you're working and living for God, God's supplying you with things, and God's giving you things, you need to take care of it. You need to respect it. You need to make sure that it's just right and that you, if you can do anything to improve it, you improve it. We're not dealing with somebody's junk here. We're dealing with God's property. And we're dealing with the things of God. And I'm not going to waste it. And I'm not going to take advantage of it. But I'm going to use it for the purpose in which it's for. Thank you, Jesus. Just you know, all it is is a matter of getting yourself together. So many times we're strung out on so many different things. We've got so many things pulling us in so many different directions. And it's just a matter of really cleaning out the old addict, if you will. <laughs> getting out some of the old garbage and the old things and all these emotions and feelings that keep floating around in there. Just get them out. Clean house. Make sure that that there's only one thing on the old priority list, and that, of course, is heaven. And the Scripture says what? You do that first, and all of these things are going to be added unto you. <laughs> Another Scripture in the Bible talks about you have not because you ask not. 
And sometimes we just go through and we do this and this and this and this and this and, and we don't really ask God for help. We don't ask God for direction. We don't ask God for, for what we need. Sometimes we think we ask God for what we need, but what we're asking for is just things that we want. And I'm not interested in things that I want. I'm interested in things that I need. I need the Holy Ghost. And I'm asking God, fill me with the Holy Ghost. I need the Holy Ghost. I need your blood this day to wash away my sins. I need your blood to cleanse me. And those scriptures will create in me a clean heart and renew me again. That right spirit. I need that right spirit because there are so many other spirits trying to affect me and trying to dilute me and change me into what they have. I want that right spirit flowing through me and cleaning me up. I need that. I don't need anything else, but I need a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost. I need God's hand to help me through the time and the storm. I need that. Amen. We need to be encouraged this morning. We look again in the scripture. A man by the name of Job. The Bible says that Job had a lot of things. The Bible says he lost everything that he had. And literally his body was falling apart. (laughs) And he never cursed God. He never turned his back. Because he knew, he knew, if I just keep holding on, if if I just keep doing what I'm supposed to do, if I just keep pushing, no matter everything that's going on, everything that's happened, and everybody thought he was crazy. Because he said, just curse God and die. Get it over with. He said, no, I'm going to do it. Keep holding on. Keep holding on. Because I know there's going to be a promise. I know there's going to be an answer. And sure enough, God brought him through. God brought back everything that he needed, and he made it. But at any point in time that, if he would have said, okay, whatever, had enough, enough is enough, you know, he would have gave up, and he would have lost everything. But he didn't because he understood the importance of what he was doing and who he was serving. Don't, be, don't allow the devil to come with some kind of cheap thrill and put it in front of your face, and you say, oh, that looks good. Let me follow after that. Or whatever it is. The devil brings plenty, right? But you've got to understand it's all for the same purpose, just to distract you from what God has, just to get your attention wrapped up enough that he can get you into a place that you're believing the lie that we read about. That's all it is. Just trying to trap you. And wrap you up with everything you don't need. You don't need the influences. You don't need the relationships. You don't need that. And understand that and get rid of it. Stop messing around with it. Stop toying around with it. And saying, oh, at some point in time, I'll I'll get what I really need. But right now, this is fun. As they said, pleasure and unrighteousness. But it also says that it is for a season. Meaning it's going to end. It's not forever. A season. It's going to stop, and then another season's going to start. And the next season that's going to start is not a season that you want to be a part of. Because those seeds that you are sowing that you think are so wonderful, they're going to bring forth a harvest. And that fruit is not going to be fruit that you're going to want to be a part of. But hey, guess what? You're going to be stuck with it because you're the one that went out and sowed it. So don't come crying to God when you finally realize, hey, I've made a horrible mistake here. Well, yeah. That's what the Word of God's been trying to tell you for a long time, to wake up and stop sinning. 
Get your mind in the right place and get off everything else. God's got a promise. He's got a gift for you, but you've got to have enough sense to claim it. Just to claim it. I'm going to claim that promise. I'm not going to let it lay there. I'm not going to go hide it someplace. I'm not going to fill myself up with everything else where there's no room. I'm going to claim it. I'm going to make room. Yeah, I'm going to make room for whatever he needs this morning. I'm going to clean out. I'm going to clean out whatever's blocking the path to make sure there's room. And they came. When Jesus, when Mary came, they said, there's no room here. They could have made room, but they didn't want to. They simply, they looked at, oh, no, 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 you go on down. Don't have no room here for you. I'm making room this morning for Jesus. I'm making room in my heart. I, I'm cleaning out the garbage. Take out the trash that you've got hanging around in your mind, that you've been carrying around with you, that you think is so important. You know, they say one man's trash is another man's treasure, right? Well, that ain't no treasure. <laughs> it don't matter who you th- you're looking at and what you think they got. It's trash. It doesn't matter how good they look driving, whatever they got and where they're living. It's trash because it's not going to get them into heaven. And so if it's not going to get you there, then what value does it have? None. What's got value is the Holy Ghost. What's got value is His blood. That's got value to it. That's got eternal value to it. And I'm going to make sure I'm covered by His blood. I'm going to make sure I'm full of His Spirit. Oh, I want the Holy Ghost this morning. I want that fresh anointing to fall on my heart. Amen. (laughs) And if you... Want it? You get it. If you really want it, God's going to give it to you. But if you just kind of want it, then you're not going to get it. And if you kind of say it, but you don't really, then, hey, you're just playing around. If you want it, you get it. You push through because God already said you get baptized. It's a promise, meaning he's going to give it to you. He's going to. It's not a maybe, an if. It is a promise. And God cannot lie. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. But are you going to let him do it? That's the big one. Are you going to let him do it? Are you going to be able to let down your comfort zone, and your, what you think things need to be like and what they, the pattern, what you think is right? And understand you don't know how God works. You don't know God's plan. You don't know way, the way God's going to do it, but you know he's going to do it. And so you just need to put up your hands. You need to open up your mouth and just by faith begin to speak the promise. Don't worry about what it looks like. Don't worry about what it sounds like. Just understand this is the promise that I need. This is what God's been giving me. This is what God's been showing me, and I'm going to claim it. I'm not going to leave without it. I'm not going to walk out of here broken down and depressed, but I'm going to get what I need. I need it. You need it. Amen. We need that touch. We need that direction that only he can give us. We can't do it. We cannot find the direction we need by ourselves. But he is more than willing to show us and lead us and guide us. Amen. I want to have that open heart. I want to have that open mind, that open ear, the Scripture says. He that hath the ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith in the church. Listen to what the Word of God is saying. It says many, many things. Many things. And we want to hear it. It says, why tarriest thou? Arise. 
be baptized. Call upon his name. What are you waiting on? What's, what's holding you back? What's keeping you from receiving the promise? What, what's holding you from, from stepping out by faith and letting God touch your heart this morning? It's just you. You're the one holding back. You're the one stopping yourself. It may be different. Maybe not what you're used to. But hey, it's what the Bible says. It's how the Bible shows us. And we're all about doing it the Bible way. Not any other way. Because the scripture says there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. we got to have this name this morning. We've got to have this experience that this word is speaking of this morning. This just isn't something that we've made up, but it's what the word of God says. We've got it. We must do if we want to go to heaven. Let's worship him right now. Let's call upon his name. Let's give him thanks and praise for everything that he's doing. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to worship Him with a whole heart. I'm going to come up to this altar this morning. The altar is open. You come bring your whole heart. You bring every need, every situation, and bring it before God. Don't hold back from him this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Soon it will all be gone away. Give your heart to Jesus. He will take you home. What will you do with your Oh! 